welcome back to the Super Jump Podcast, a podcast where we dive deep into the art and science of video games. As always, my name is Tristan, and I'm joined by Reza. Hello. And uh, we're at the final episode of this season, six episodes. And yeah. I mean, how do you feel about that? Just to start off. I'm heartbroken. My, the tears are streaming down my face as, as I speak. <laughs> um, but it's been fun. I mean, I always, I always like talking about games with you, Tristan. Mm-hmm. Likewise, uh, I mean, regardless of what venue it is, <laughs> whether there's a mic in front of our mouths at the time, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think for the end of the season, Rosanna, I wanted to bring everything back together, mm-hmm. and I think the core of what we've been talking about for the past five, six months, you know, narrative versus gameplay, um, game development. Um, I guess some of the things don't really tie into it. Adaptations don't tie into this episode. But a lot of what we've been talking about really goes back to the rhythm of a game. And I think we brought that up a couple times. So that's going to be the focus for this episode. What defines the rhythm of a video game? I'm just going to leave yep. it open-ended for now um, and not go into details right away. But what is something that you think about when you hear the word rhythm of a game? That's an interesting question. Yeah, I mean, like, you and I have talked about this exactly as you said across basically every episode that we've talked about, right? And I think, like, when I think of what a game's rhythm is, it's effectively the way that the pacing of the game changes from moment to moment on a regular basis. And when I say pacing, I don't necessarily mean purely from, like, a narrative perspective, but in terms of just, like, how engaged you have to be, in terms of, like, the amount of action that you're taking in a given moment. Um I would say that like a game doesn't have a singular rhythm throughout entire, you know, throughout the entirety of the game, but rather that there's a constant changing of um, all of those different things that I kind of named throughout the entirety of the game. And that's what really, to me, defines the rhythm of a game. Um, would you agree? Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's a right answer here. Yeah. Um, but or if this even exists, maybe we're just making this shit up. <laughs> we're making this all up. This is a fake <laughs> definition. We're not, we're we're not up game with. devs. We're yeah. nothing. <laughs> um, we'll get into the actual definition, or at least how Rosa and I thought about it. But taking a step back, you know, at the end of the day, a video game is a piece of interactive media, right? Uh, some may argue it's a piece of art. Uh, but the fun comes from being able to actually like immerse yourself and influence what's happening in, in the, in the game, right? Like it's not a TV show or movie. I feel like I've said some variant of this definition like five times already. Um, but going back to the rhythm, you know, people love video games for different reasons. Even between Raza and I, we have different reasons why we like video games, but in terms of the actual interaction, I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into what do you actually enjoy doing? right? Like the buttons that you press, the mouse clicks that you do. What in video games do you actually like doing? That's a really good question. And I honestly haven't, uh, I've never really thought about it like that, right? Like I think, I think the things that I know I don't enjoy in video games are like a bit more defined, right? Like I I know I don't like wasting my time digging through menus to like decide what to do or like spending excessive amounts of time like dealing with loot or like trying to figure out how to organize things. Right. Like I think when I think of what I like out of playing a game, like I just want to play the game. I want to be able Mm -hmm. to experiment. Uh, I want to be able to like, um, you know, do what I want with the characters and, and like actually play the core gameplay um, and not be as immersed in like a lot of the 
the have to do parts of the game, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's answering your question, but I, what about you? Like, I, what what parts of the game do you think you enjoy that are unique to you, or that are like weird? Um, I I think the part that I enjoy the most is like high intensity, not not like a workout, but like where mm-hmm. where I have to be like fully focused. And just like muscle memory movement. I think that's why I really like shooting games a lot. Yeah. That's why I like Like real living games a lot. Reacting a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I don't care so much about the thinking aspect, which. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, we like being dumb. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Head empty. (laughs) Head empty. You know, (laughs) lights, lights turn on and I, and I smash the button. (laughs) Do you feel like your mood uh, as to like what kind of like what you want to be doing in a video game changes based on your personal mood? Like, are there days where that's not what you want, where you actually want to be engaged? Or do you feel like that's generally what you're looking for almost all the time? Um, I think my gamer brain has degenerated to the point where I need. <laughs> no, no, I thought about this earlier today while, while I was like refining the production notes. I think my brain has like gone to the point where I need constant stimulation like <laughs> like gotcha games shooting games you know flashing things everywhere that's really sad no i, I think it's really sad i think it's also just like a testament to a lot of other things that are even outside of gaming but mm-hmm. uh, i don't think you're wrong i mean like i was listening to um a couple of game devs talked about or i was talking i was listening to, to some of the santa monica developers i like, talked about how they made the game um, and I think like they explicitly pointed out like there's a specific game mechanic game mechanic in there which was added explicitly for that like I want good feedback right this second right like uh, it's and it's like a very tactile thing across all of the weapons that like you know if you pr- literally press this one button mm-hmm. it's going to be guaranteed to be the most like dopamine filled action um, but it is a really good way to like think about the rhythm of the game too right like how you dole out that dopamine and that like that fix almost of the game. Some games like the last of us have a very different angle, right. Than something like doom or, 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 you know, call of duty. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what we want to dig into a little bit more, right. These variations and compositions of gameplay segments that mm-hmm. tend to have different rhythm, you know, when you're actually playing. So, you know, as an example, we brought up an actual rhythm game where the interaction is very intense. You, you know, it's three to four minutes of just flashing lights and button pressing. Um, or you have something like Skyrim, which has like fighting segments, looting segments, crafting segments, where, you know, crafting, you just look at a menu. It's very low intensity. Mm-hmm. Fighting, I mean, depends on how you fight. I, I I tend to be like a stealth assassin, so it's mostly just sneaking around and one shotting people. But if you're <laughs> if you're like a magic user, maybe you're like casting spells and the dragon's trying to kill you. Um, so these fundamental blocks, I think I wanted to bucket into three different types, and we can talk about them a little bit more. And sure. then at the end of the episode, we'll we'll tie them together and and really talk about how games utilize these different rhythms. Yeah, that sounds good. So we'll start with the low one, low intensity, low rhythm, which is menu interactions, um, dialogue progression, <laughs> decision making, I guess. I don't know. I, what do you think about low rhythm intensities? You know, do you enjoy them? Do you care much for them? Do you need them in your video game? I think they're necessary. 
Right. And I think like, um, like as we kind of talked about or mentioned a little bit earlier, there's this need to like, uh, get a fix momentary. Sometimes these are almost like the must have or like the need to have parts of a game, right? Like, um, inventory management, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you just got to dole shit out. Um, but then at the same time, there is, there's like games that make an explicit decision to have low intensity moments, right? Like, uh, in between the zombie hunting and stuff like that, you're just looting, you're exploring the areas and it's a very slow approach. Uh, and I'm talking about like the last of us, right. Um, and in those moments, uh, the low intensity emphasizes the high intensity moments that do happen later on. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think even outside of this, like mundane or whatever element to like low, low rhythms moments in a video game. Um, it's like, you need these low intensity moments to emphasize when the rhythm shifts, when the tone shifts. Um, and that contrast is what really creates like the color and, and like the fun in like the bigger picture of the video game. Um, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like you brought up Doom earlier, even Doom, as much as it is a high intensity video game, you know, shooting and killing zombie, uh, demons all the time they do break it down into segments where the player has like a moment to breathe and upgrade yeah. their guns and kind of think for a second. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think like that was one of the big differences between doom, um, 2016 and doom eternal was that like doom eternal added platforming to it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like in between these incredibly high intense moments of, uh, you know, constant, carnage of, of like fighting the de- of the demons you were like jumping and and climbing some people loved it and some people hated it but it was like a conscious decision whereas like in doom 16 you didn't have that as much and it was this like non-stop feed of just like intensity yeah um and like that was a conscious game design that they made right um i think what's really interesting hope, is like we hope yeah hopefully unless they're like oh we didn't finish the game so let's just add some jumping moments um i think like what's harder to distinguish is like low rhythm to medium rhythm actually like i think like how do you distinguish between the two of those because i think high is honestly relatively clear when you're playing a game but like what do you think is the difference between like a low intensity moment and a medium intensity moment yeah that's a good question and you know obviously this is up for interpretation so you let me know what you think as well but how i try to categorize it is like strategy games right turn-based strategy auto chess where players have some constraint where they have to make a series of decisions within a time limit and they kind of see how it plays out um and i didn't put this in the notes but also you can kind of pause the game right like yeah or god of war uncharted a lot of these like single player games you, you know if things get a little too crazy you can pause right you can run back you can literally pause the game right mm-hmm. um and i categorize that as medium because i don't think they're high intensity and I'll, I'll explain why when we get to high intensity but that's how i bucketed medium intensity yeah i also think like uh this is where uh, like, I think we've been talking a lot about gameplay and mechanics, but those aren't the only elements that define the rhythm of a game, right? Like, I think just the, just like the tone and the environment that's like created in the game can often be the big difference between what is low or medium rhythm. So I think like when I think of this, 
um, the like general flow of like battle, explore, battle, explore is the same between God of War and The Last of Us, mm-hmm. right? But when I think of the exploration moments of The Last of Us, those to me feel like a lot more low rhythm and a lot more chill in my mind than exploration and God of War does. Mm-hmm. Um, even though those aren't like battle moments, I still feel as if they're like medium-ish because of the fact that like the general tone of God of War is just naturally faster paced than what something like The Last of Us is going for. Yeah. Right. Like uh, it's just fundamentally like a more aggressive game. Uh, it's fundamentally like the exploration moments. You could still run as fast as you want. You're still like breaking chests violently and stuff like that. Right. And yeah. so like um, the reason why it feels medium to me isn't just because of the fact that like you're not hunting something or not fighting something, but because of the whole picture of like the music and like the environment and like the movement of the characters. Um all of those things to me also play out into like how you feel while you're playing some of these games. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Going to the high part, I I think what I put here are rhythm games, mobile games, real-time strategy, most shooting games, fighting games, Souls-like combat se- combat segments. I put Sekiro yeah. as its own thing. Um, <laughs> Sekiro I, is its own thing. Yeah. yeah. And mostly like online games as well. And the distinction that I want to bring up is like when you're playing an online game, let's say you're playing League of Legends, mm-hmm. even if it's low intensity, you know, you're maybe you're walking back to base or something. Yeah. You can't stop. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, yeah. I, I always use the bathroom example of like, if you need to go to the bathroom, you just kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. And this is a good example for also for Dark Souls because it doesn't let you pause the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like ironically, Sekiro does let you pause the game, but like <laughs> in Dark Souls, if you're in a boss battle, you cannot pause the game. You can't press start, even if you're changing your inventory. The game keeps going in the background, mm-hmm. um, and I think like it contributes to this like tension, right? I think right. that's whatever that's what I think about whenever I think of like high. It's just like. Not necessarily always a negative anxiety. There's always there's also just like a positive, like, oh, I'm on my toes. I'm staying at the top. Like I have to pay attention. I have to react quickly. Um, and you're just like constantly focusing. There's not like a moment of like uh of slowness or 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 like calm in between those those like emotions. Yeah, you have to be like fully alert, basically. All the time. Yeah, I think so. Can you think of any like high intensity moments that were like unique that like feel like do 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 you get what i mean like i think we've talked a lot about like pretty similar examples of like oh you have to stay on your toes um but like how much more niche do you think it gets than just like high like if we were to break down high into even more subcategories i see i i feel like the pause not pause distinction is very big i I, because now i'm thinking more about it i guess you can pause like counter-strike match you just have to vote for it but um i'm thinking like dead space have you played have you played dead space uh not yet but i i know like generally what you're talking about yeah it's similar to dark souls where you can't actually pause the game Uh um and when you're going through your inventory and stuff the game is still playing in the background (laughs) so there's a lot of not strategy, but like, you know, sometimes there's a jump scare and people press pause because, you know, they get freaked out and the monster is continuously like 
coming at them. I, yep. I think I think horror games tend to utilize it a lot better, where like less so about the actual actions per minute you are doing on the game controller. It's more about that, you know, like you said, the anxiety that ramps up a lot more. Yeah, I will say it's interesting because when I think of horror games too, like I, I I've watched like gameplay videos of Aliens: Isolation. Um, and they actually use like, there's a lot of moments in there, which are low pace or like medium pace, mm-hmm. but you're still on your toes. You're still like freaking out a little bit and you're still very alert. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so like, how would we categorize that? Like that to me doesn't feel intense for the same reasons that like Sekiro feels intense. Uh, and I would argue like it, it still feels like a low intensity or like medium, medium rhythm to me, even though you're still on your toes and you're like, does that make sense? Yes. I I think that's where the actions per minute comes in, I guess. I don't know. That's how I've been thinking about it. Of like how much like how many buttons are you pressing versus yeah. how alert are you? Yeah, yeah. Like it's not a one to one, right? Like we're not always saying that just because it's a low rhythm or a medium rhythm moment that like uh, you're not going to feel on your toes or mm-hmm. like you're not going to be alert. You can still feel those things. And I think like this is where the coolest games really come out, right? Like where it's it's easy to stay on your toes in a high rhythm moment. But like yeah. what's unique and what's interesting is where you feel on your toes in a low rhythm moment or like a medium rhythm moment. Uh, <laughs> and I can't think of like a good example of this, but like imagine something that's high rhythm, but it makes you, but you're not on your toes. Like you're just, zen you're like going through the motions and it's just like like the closest thing i can think of is like playing god of war the easiest difficulty uh-huh like i am not thinking in those moments half the time i remember i was having a really stressful night and so i literally just opened up god of war and i like put it on the lowest or the second lowest difficulty and i just kept doing the arenas and it was yeah. high intensity in the sense that yeah i was fighting a bunch of crap and it was coming at me in waves but i didn't care and i was just like i'm just having fun i'm just gonna not think and i was gonna win anyway so it's like totally fine and that to me still feels like a high rhythm, but like a low intensity moment mm-hmm. um, if it's like done well. Yeah, maybe there's two axes and, and we're going to confuse the listeners a lot more now. <laughs> um, now. I was thinking of the opposite example where it's like low rhythm, but high intensity. Right? I'm yeah. like, oh boy, this you know crafting menu is getting real intense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a good, good call out though, right? Like there's fundamentally two parts of this, right? Mm-hmm. There's the mechanics part of it and like the actions part of it, which I think you've called out. And then there's also just like the tone and the emotion that like the player is feeling when they're going through that moment. Yeah. Right. And like when the two of those come together in unique and new and interesting ways, that's where the fun and like the most interesting games really come out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just about like, Oh, how fast am I moving? Or like, is this like, fast twitch reaction stuff it's the combination of that tone with the actions happening at the same time yep cool so we have some rough bucketing um i don't think you know this is going to cover all the different types of gameplays there are but i I think we want we can talk about everything every game (laughs) let's start with pong pong is the high intensity high anxiety high rhythm Yeah, it's just constant, nonstop, right? Like, especially yeah. with, especially when you're playing with a friend or, like, someone who's good at it. Um, yeah. But and there's no pause screen. Simple, right? Like, it's not, it's not high intensity because it's mechanically complicated. No. 
it's just high intensity because of the the reaction time stuff and then it's simple right like you have a singular goal you're trying to accomplish it but you're in competition with someone else um and that's and what makes see it them like face high intensity. to face in person i think that that uh physicalness adds a lot more competitive aspects to it anyways I, enough about pong <laughs> wait what do you want to say well i was gonna say like i think i think it's a good example of a game where the rhythm stays consistent throughout the entirety of the, of the game right like pong is always relatively high intensity there's not going to be that many moments where pong is fun because it's a low intensity moment right like you're not relaxing yeah. with your friend to like casually bounce the ball back and forth you're trying to go as fast as possible to like beat each other and like make it intense um and so like uh, this goes back to our point earlier about how the game will shift between these moments. Mm -hmm. um, that I think is like super interesting. Um, like, can you think of some games that uh, utilize this like combination of intensity moments to like create memorable things? Yeah. I mean, you already brought one up earlier in the episode with doom, mm -hmm. right? Like that contrast aspect of super high intensity going to super low intensity um, just to make the high intensity moments feel a lot crazier. I don't know. Intense. I keep using the yeah. same word over and over again. Grammarly would be super mad at me. Um, <laughs> but I also had some examples of games that tend to be just on one side. Um, so, sorry, again, take a step back. You know, now we have these building blocks of gameplay mechanics we wanted to see how different games put them together. And I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do this. Um, every studio has their own method on how to put these things together. And I don't think there's like a golden formula on how to put these things together to make a good game. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So yeah, some examples. I, I mean, we talked about Doom that goes back and forth. I also want to talk a little bit more about games that just stay consistently in the low side like more narrative games, you know, I, I put like Heavy Rain, Walking Dead, Death Stranding, where the focus is more on what the game provides to the player than actual interaction and gameplay. And it's, and sorry, I laugh because I had Death Stranding in this list and everybody uh, gives a crap for being a non-game. But it's <laughs> similar to our narrative versus gameplay discussion that we had a few months ago. Yeah. But I want to start with that, where it's just like it stays in low intensity the whole time. Yeah, and like there are moments of high intensity though, right? Like where there is combat in the game. It's just that the majority of the game is still this like exploration element and like literally slowly trekking across America. Mm -hmm. um, I think like this goes back to the idea of like where the rhythm serves the point of the game, right? Like uh, Kojima explicitly wanted this thing where you were forced to like think and ruminate right like he's a really artistic game creator who like mm -hmm. generally likes to make his players think about things and not just like mechanically think about things but like ruminate and like artistically think through stuff and that's where the rhythm of death training contributes to it right like it literally gives you time as a player to just walk and that's naturally going to lead you to think about things whether it's about the game or like stuff in your own life uh, or like whatever random crap Kojima's showing at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting, right? And then like you contrast that with something like Doom, where 
um, they don't want you to think. <laughs> it's it's dumb. It's fun. It's just like debauchery. And so they're incentivized to give you this like constant feed of high intensity, like high dopamine moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly what they do, right? Like they shift the the makeup of this like high versus low rhythm is really what kind of it kind of like suits the goal of the game overall from the from the devs' perspective. Yeah, definitely. Do you think any games fall into pure medium? Um, Animal Crossing. Really? Maybe I'm wrong here because I haven't played Animal Crossing. <laughs> 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 but like, or I, I, I think like even City Builders, right? To some degree, like like when I play Civ Six, mm-hmm. um, it's not a high intensity moment most of the time. Like I'm yeah. not like. I'm not Twitch reacting. I'm not like on my toes. Like, yeah, there's mo- there's like very brief moments where I'm like, oh crap, am I going to be able to beat this, beat this like country or empire or whatever? But like generally, I'm I'm like making decisions. I'm like relatively low intensity. I'm thinking it's at a high enough level that I wouldn't classify it at lo- as low because I'm still actively thinking and I'm like still activated the whole time. Mm-hmm. But it certainly isn't like a high intensity game the whole time. Um, and so like. To me, I would bucket Animal Crossing in like a very similar way, right? Like you hop in to like do a few things, but it's not low because you're not just like sitting there fishing or something, right? Like yeah. you're still, people are working on their gardens and like trying to lure one of the uh, animals. I don't know what the hell they're villagers. <laughs> Vill- they're, friends, yeah, to neighbors. their island. Yeah, the, the, the furries. Um, uh anyways like there's still a level of activation that i think that that isn't present in like the lowest moments on like other games i see i no i think that makes sense i i always kind of equated animal crossing to menu navigation mostly Mm -hmm. because that's how i played it but I, i think you're right it's not like complete brain dead screen consumption let's say yeah, uh, there is some thinking involved, but it's not like, you know, you're doing quick time events the whole time. <clears throat> what is the most consistently low intensity game that you can think of? Probably like Heavy Rain. That's why I had most of those examples up there. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. I was thinking of the games made by um, what's the studio called? They made Journey and um, oh, that, that game, game company. company. Yeah, they made um yeah, I think when I think about the games made by that game company, right? Like they made Journey, they made Flower mm-hmm. and Flow. Like those games are gen. Like Flower to me feels like one of the most low intensity games that like I could think of, right? Like yeah, you're literally just controlling a stream of wind across like a field. And Journey, <laughs> even for like most parts of it, like yeah, there's moments where you're like there's a narrative and stuff, but you're not really active. You're kind of just like watching it play out. And the goal is genuinely to make the player feel relaxed the whole yeah. time and to like feel content and happy by the end of it. Um, these games are like meant to keep you soothed and mechanically they're also just limited journey. Literally you can do like five things. You can hop and you can like chirp to the other person that's playing with you. And that's like basically it. There's no battling, nothing else. I'm trying to think, do you think heavy rain is higher intensity than journey just because of the the now i'm thinking in like brain waves how much of your brain is activated when you're playing heavy rain <laughs> no i really think that's like a good way of thinking about it right like mm-hmm. your heavy rain to me still feels like more medium than it does mm-hmm. pure low mm-hmm. because like yeah you're doing a few things here and there but then you also have the like intensity of knowing that you're like trying to solve a murder yeah right and like you know that this like general environment is tense um 
mechanically, like, yeah, you're making like a few choices here and there, but like, you're still going for the next goal. And it's like very clear. Yeah. Whereas something like flower or, or journey, like, yeah, there's a goal, but like, they almost encourage you to just like live in that moment for that, mm-hmm. for that time. Like they don't encourage you to go to the next thing right away. They're not trying to do that. Um, I think that to me is what defines like a game that is optimizing for its lowest moments. Yeah. Got it. I also want to talk a little bit about strategy and action adventure games you know, mm-hmm. that have a little bit of contrast between low and high or low and medium. Yeah. Um, where a lot of the emphasis is on providing a fun loop of gameplay for players. You know, we talked about Skyrim earlier, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of people break down Skyrim into what fight, loot, craft. I think that's the main three things of the of the triangle they always refer to. Um, and it creates like literally a good rhythm for players to think, you know, get accustomed to while they're playing these games. I think even Destiny has this loop, right? Yeah, I would say so. I also think like this is a, a good example of like a game using its rhythm to like elicit something from the actual game gamer, mm-hmm. right? Like in in gotcha games and in games like Fortnite and in games uh, like Genshin Impact, they're like incentivized to make the high intensity moments as high intensity as possible, and yeah. to like make that reward risk like reward cycle be as clear as possible. So that way people will spend money on the game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like looter shooters are very similar to this, right? Like the payoff is literally to increase the cap to that intensity moment. You start off with just like regular guns and then the guns get like a little bit crazier and then you like learn more abilities until by the end game, like you're just doing a bunch of crazy cap, uh, crap and it's like yeah. super high intensity. Um, and so like there's this rhythm of like, oh, you do nothing but like maybe loot like some light stuff and then you have a high intensity peak and then you mm-hmm. go back to low and then another high intensity peak and it just gets like higher and higher and higher and you're constantly seeking like the next thing. Video games are just a drug? I mean, we called it out. They're very addictive, <laughs> which is why we're here. But um, it is cool to think of from like a behavior perspective, right? Like a lot of these things can be used in non-gaming contexts as well to just like reward people and to like get them to keep doing things. Mm-hmm. like that goddamn owl <laughs> I want to talk about competitive games because I feel like they tend to have the highest contrast between like super high rhythm high intensity gameplay of shooting mm-hmm. pressing buttons you know whatever casting spells and then there's like super low intensity of literally just like sitting in a lobby <laughs> matchmaking waiting <laughs> right like you're not doing anything yeah is that part of the game to you like do you think that's by design <laughs> can you imagine like you queue up for the next game while you're still in your first game it's like a continuous stream I mean, like, of what games. i'm wondering is like is there an incentive for these games to increase that time in between you know what i mean like is mm. there ever a conscious decision to be like hey we're moving people from game to game too fast. Like, do we want them to actually sit for some reason? Right. I mean, like Fortnite is a good example of this, right? Like the way that you, the way that they make money fundamentally is to increase time spent outside of the game. That's where you buy stuff. And so like they're, they're almost weirdly incentivized to both keep you in the game for as long, like get you in the game and like keep you there, Mm -hmm. but also to like 
keep you off. And so they make that experience also like a high intensity thing, right? Like whenever you get rewards, they make it as in your face as possible. There's like lights and music and stuff all the time. Yeah. So like the intensity of the game is still high, even though you're in menus. It's not like it's a calming menu. I'm having a panic attack every time I'm like looking through the, the where's the, the X the button? Shop. No. <laughs> How do I get like, out? What skin should I spend $35 on today? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting question, right? Like Call of Duty doesn't care about this. Call of Duty just well, actually, that's a lie. They they also want you. They to also buy, want you to buy battle passes. Yeah, yeah. And- but like old Call of Duty didn't care. Um, they just generally made made you like I don't know mess with your loadout, like a few little things here, and then they wanted to get you in the game as soon mm-hmm. as possible. Um, so there's like an interesting incentives part of, of of like how this stuff is defined too. Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. League of Legends, sure. I mean, the the matchmaking time is there because it's literally finding people for you to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, when everyone's selecting their champions, you need to give them time. I unless you like, get, you know, dole out a champion for everyone. Yeah, I think that's right. I I wouldn't say it's intentional. Going back to your initial question. Yeah, I, I doubt. Uh, although at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked if like Fortnite was running experiments to to to, to like calculate some of the stuff. You know I mean? Increase like, loading time. I mean, like I don't know. You'd be. I mean, it's the same as tech companies, right? Like we run tests on tests on everything mm-hmm. to see what it does to, to 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 customers. It's the same for video games. I think um, I wouldn't be shocked if they're like doing math behind the scene on a lot of the data that's collected. Yeah. Can you think of a game where? Uh, the menu navigation is the game. Oh. You know what I mean? Like you're almost spending more time in the menus and you want to go back to the menus. <laughs> That's such a wild question. I'm, I'm thinking. I feel like I feel like a lot of MMOs, not that yeah. players want to spend time in the menu, but they end up spending a lot of time in the menus. Yeah. No, I was thinking of the same thing with looter shooters too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there is a meta game of actually like deciding what you're going to use in the game. Yeah. And like, is that those moments are fundamentally low rhythm, right? Like yeah. you're not doing anything from a, like a mechanics perspective, yeah. but you're still very mentally engaged. Like yeah. I, there, it's much more like high or, or medium there. Uh, like you'll have people theory crafting all the time with destiny and, and borderlands, but like how they can just increase the DPS this much more. Right. Um, it's pretty, uh, yeah, it's cool. There's two games within one game there. Yeah. Like path of exile or Diablo is the exact same. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people spend more time reading the description for their items than actually going through the, you know, greater rifts or whatever end game they have. Yeah. But to be fair in destiny two's, perspective it's because no one can figure out how the hell to play the game because there isn't explanations for any single part of it <laughs> i literally had a laptop open next to me when i played destiny 2 to like look up stuff because i was like what does this mean should i be doing this okay that says not to do that uh this says to do that so it's, uh, it's what happens when a when a game is so old and you know they don't yeah, spend bloated. time onboarding or anything yeah, they just don't care. I mean, they make... Anyways, this is totally unrelated. Um, <laughs> um, I want to bring up one crazy example where the game stays in high intensity basically the entire time. Okay. Which is WarioWare. I don't know if you've played WarioWare. I haven't. 
it's like a collection of very fast paced mini games. Oh, interesting. And they just chain them right after each other. Like it, oh. it speeds up after a while. Uh huh. And, and later you have like, I don't know, one second of brief pause before it shoots into the next minigame. That's pretty cool. There's, is there no menu for selecting the next video game or anything? Or do you literally just get shoved into the next game? Uh, there is a menu, but it, it's only to choose what collection of minigames you're going to play. Gotcha. Okay. And so like once you're in, you're in the game and then you're just bouncing between them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's randomized. So you're like constantly thinking about, oh my God, what do I need to do? Because these minigames last three seconds. This reminds me of Fall Guys. Yeah. It's like Fall Guys on crack. Yeah, yeah. It's the same basic idea, right? Like, you're you're just shuttled from one game to the next. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, there's a loading screen in between them, but, like, the real game is literally just the competition. And then during that time, it's high intensity the whole time. You're not really getting a break. Yeah. All right, so we talked about rhythm. We talked about how studios put them together, you know, contrast, no contrast. Um, why some games uh, players spend more in low intensity or high intensity. But let's talk about why is rhythm actually important. I, I think that's the critical part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, the most important thing is that these buckets help me understand what they're what I'm even going to get into. Right? Like, yeah. If I'm tired and I don't want to think, I'm not going to turn on CS:GO. I think you brought it up with God of War as well, right? If you're mm-hmm. not feeling it, you just want to kill some things in the arena i haven't played it yet so i don't know uh you'll yeah, the easiest difficulty um no I, I i would agree like i think from a mechanical perspective anyways this is like where rhythm really comes in um uh i think like if you're not in the mood for something like that then like you generally know what's coming your way you're not going to look for like a high intensity game that stays high intensity mm-hmm. you're going to look for something that like lets you bounce back and forth or that like stays low intensity the whole time um and it really just like I, I think it builds up to the tone of the game too, right? Like uh, it, it just helps you decide whether you want to be in that mood or not. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of new IPs tend to be scared from straying from, you know, known rhythms, let's say, right? Mm, like I think that's stranding you know it's kojima so it worked out but like if it wasn't kojima i think a lot of players would be super confused yeah um it's also just like like sony does this repeatedly with every game at this point right the Mm -hmm. the biggest criticism of sony games is that they're they're climbing simulators um and then but like when when santa monica went to revamp the god of war series they took a rhythm that worked that they knew worked right like they uh, it may not have worked with the old God of War style, but the general rhythm of like slow, high exploration combat, uh, even the like character dynamics in a way could tie tie into the rhythm. Those are all tried and true um, to some degree, right? And but they wanted to be a bit more experimental with the core IP, and so they took mm-hmm. a rhythm that worked, and then they applied all the more exploratory stuff of narrative and um, like changing up the angles and the game design, all that kind of stuff to this rhythm that worked. Um, right. And I think that's part of why it was such a successful launch because it was familiar, but it was new at the same time. Yeah. Like old players won't feel like it's just another God of War game. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, and I think like this, this really goes back to this idea of like how uh, devs and game developers think of the rhythm of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we think about it, to me, it's the most fundamental building block of how a game plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and when developers are like thinking about how to construct the core loops of their gameplay, um, you have to consider the rhythm of the game in making the decisions, right? Like you can't have a game that's purely low intensity where uh, what's it called? There's no, there's no payoff, right? Like where the tone doesn't fit with that. Like imagine a combat game where it's low intensity the mm-hmm. whole time. Like it doesn't make sense unless you have like a very compelling tone and like really comparative, uh, like, uh, sorry. Yeah. Unless it's very compelling for the gamer. Yeah. Um, and so like, I'm would be really shocked if at the initial stages of designing a project or something, game developers aren't literally charting this general rhythm of the game out before they go into, okay, what are the mechanics? Like what does a combat look like? Uh, yeah. Uh, and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. I think in the industry, they call it like a vertical slice. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's a portion of a game, which acts as a proof of concept before they agree to fund the rest. So mm. tends to have all portion of the the rhythm. Yeah, yeah, I could see it as being like one move. Like if we're continuing like the musical analogy, mm-hmm. uh, it's like taking a theme or like a motif and then like displaying it and being like, yeah, this is going to happen again and again and again. But yeah. We'll have variation on this, but the fundamental core parts of it and the rhythm are going to stay exactly the same throughout it all. Yeah. Cool. Um. So I think like we've defined a lot of these different rhythms, but I wouldn't say that like low, medium, high, or even the interplay between them. I don't think there's like a concrete bad rhythm, right? Like no. it's not about how the rhythm or what the rhythm is, but rather like how it fits in with the gameplay. Can you think of games where like the rhythm didn't work for the style of game that the developer was going for? Like what are some bad or games with bad rhythms? Yeah. Um, I think I put this one down, or at least we were both talking about it earlier. Um, old Pokemon games, especially relative to the new ones, yeah. I think they have really bad rhythm. And Why is that? Because going back to your example with contrast, right? Low intensity and high intensity. The old Pokemon games actually start with a really good balance because you're building out your team, you're fighting gyms, you're thinking about what moves to use, you know, uh, mm-hmm. albeit it's like Pokemon games are super easy. It's not that hard. But as you get later in the game, the spectrum actually shifts more to low because you're spending so much time just grinding EXP. Gotcha. So it, it, it starts balanced. It's fun mm-hmm. to play. And then like the weight shifts more to low, more to low, and you're just grinding the whole time. And th- And there's no like, it's not like in Destiny or in a looter shooter where the high comes from like getting a sick weapon or a legendary, the high is literally just progressing in the story. You just want to beat the game. Um, so I would consider old Pokemon games to be a bad example. Yeah. Or an example sense. of a bad rhythm. It's also, I think a theme that made me think of the other example we have here, which is Assassin's Creed, mm-hmm. um, like uh, Valhalla and um, what was it before that? I don't know if it was Odyssey, Odyssey? or Origins, one of them. Um, I mean, like generally the biggest criticisms that the Assassin's Creed series get is they're just like too grindy, especially yeah. like the last one, Valhalla, um, like the rhythm of, you know, battle, explore, RPG style stuff that is taken too far. Um, 
like to such extremes that like it's just like not fun right like Mm -hmm. you're either spending way too long exploring or those like high intensity moments have no payoff you're just like constantly doing high intensity things over and over again but you're not getting rewarded for them and so the dopamine fix eventually goes away right and like you can't have a high intensity moments with no payoff and with no dopamine hit Mm -hmm. otherwise it's just like taxing (laughs) and literally tiring right like that's the big thing it's not fun (laughs) it's like playing call of duty and just getting and just dying over and over again like if you don't get a single kill in call of duty is it high intensity yes is a high rhythm yes is it fun god no you're just like you're just tired mentally um i've heard similar criticisms for like far cry i haven't played the games but like uh, i think like the latest one that was like one of the things people are complaining about it's just like way too grindy um I can also think about a time where changing this made a game go from like bad or like not so great to really, really good, which mm-hmm. is like Octopath. Um, with like the second one that just came out, I think like the general consensus is that it's really, really good and a, a major improvement on the first one because the first one was so grindy and just like the core gameplay didn't change. The core gameplay is basically the same. It's still a JRPG, etc. But like they took the time to polish the flow from battle to battle exploration yeah. to battle. And I think that's what really changed how the game, uh, you know, was received when it came out. Yeah. I'm mean, similar to what Pokemon did later on. It's very interesting. Cause it's like, you know, people complain and whine about all these things all the time. Mm-hmm. But if you really think about the solution and, and what it's solving, it was pretty simple. <laughs> Which one? Like the Octopath and the Pokemon example that we just talked through. Yeah, like I think it's really just about payoff for the player, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think like if you're going to have these rhythms and like they're at the end of each of these things, there's some reward, right? Like especially with the high intensity ones. Um, and so like these games just fix that risk reward and 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 like investment reward cycle uh, where there wasn't one before. Yeah. I'm trying to think of something like another. What's a game that you can think of where it's like low intensity the whole time and it doesn't land like it's just boring um heavy rain (laughs) (laughs) man i'm so sorry david cage that that was not the intent david cage sucks yeah (laughs) (laughs) no david cage doesn't suck uh no i think that's fair um i also think like it it depends on the player too like i actually don't enjoy games like animal crossing or Mm -hmm. games like um stardew valley where it's like low slash medium it's intended to be relaxing and like calming for most people but i don't find them relaxing and calming because i'm anxious about making the decisions the whole time like i can't tell Ah. what the best thing is to do and so like this is another level of it right it's not just about the actual core gameplay but it's like how it maps back to the to, to the player and yeah. how like some players will love it. Other players will hate it just because of their mindset and the way that like they approach it. Um, but it's not a bad rhythm. Like it's, it's perfectly fine. It's valid. Yeah. It's just like not for you as a player. I feel like we're talking about another very big concept and you brought this up about, about like payoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you don't like when you have to define your own payoff, like an animal animal crossing. At some point, you just kind of like make your make up your own goals. Yeah. I, I mean, thing. I don't I don't like doing that either. I struggle I, with that a lot in Elden Ring, too, um, because it's very open ended. Right. Uh, like 
you have a general goal. They tell you like where to go. Yeah. But for a while I was like, I don't like, I don't know who to prioritize. I don't know the angle to take this in, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and when I settled into it, I had a lot of fun. I mean, I put like almost 200 hours into that game and I'll put more when the DLC comes out. Um, but it can take a while to settle into that rhythm with the game because it's relatively low for a big portion of it from a mechanical perspective, but it's, um, the, the payoff is really good whenever you do get those high intensity moments. Yeah. I'm trying to think of another bad game, like an actually bad game, bad game in terms of rhythm or just like awful in terms of rhythm, like where the rhythm didn't suit the game. You know what I mean? Like. Maybe it could have been better if they'd taken a different approach, but it just like wasn't, it just didn't work. I will say like, I think exactly as you may have said earlier, like the pay, the payoff and the way that you move between these rhythms is really what seems to make it good or bad, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't want a game that's purely high intensity the whole time where you're also not actually having fun or you're like not actually enjoying the rewards um or low intensity game where you're not enjoying the rewards because then it's just boring uh, yeah for different reasons but it's still boring um and there may be games that have taken that angle that just like didn't succeed i'm trying to think of like all of those fps's that came out um after Fortnite and uh player unknown battlegrounds came out that were just like they were fps's they had the same fundamental rhythm ish but the mm-hmm. payoffs just weren't as fun for most people right uh, yeah. anthem is a great example of this too the the fundamental basis of it wasn't bad but the payoff sucked uh, Did you play so, it? yeah i gave anthem a chance but i didn't pay like the full thing for it it was on ea origins or whatever for like five months yeah yeah but i mean like i gave it a shot because i thought the fundamentals were cool but the payoff sucked and like mm-hmm. it was just not a good game and eventually like the rhythm wasn't there anymore you weren't actually doing anything um so I don't know. Um, before we wrap wrap this up, I want to talk a little bit about the rhythm of games and how it changed over time. Um, this is just my opinion, but I think as technology advanced, we definitely seem to have more games that move towards the low intensity. A lot of games that utilize building blocks from the low side. Um, I think I put that into two reasons. One... I mean, people can make cutscenes a lot prettier now, and a lot of low-intensity gameplay tends to be like just consumption. Um, but also, I think we talked about this before as well in a previous episode. Because of the growing audience of video games, I think it's necessary for games to have low-intensity moments because not all players will spend the time to get good. Right. No one's going to like not everyone's going to play the hardest difficulty on a shooting game or a rhythm game. And, you know, there's accessibility options now. But, I, you know, I, I put that down as one of the reasons as to why games tend to lean a little bit more into the low side nowadays. I think it's I, I think it's less that they lean more towards the low side and more so that like the payoff comes earlier. The payoff for like the low moments or like the high intensity moments, mm-hmm. they come more quickly and they also come more clearly for most people. Um, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> Here is a reward. It's like all flashing in your face. No, genuinely like yeah. they 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 took a uh, they took notes from the gambling book, uh, frankly. Oh, great. You know what I mean? Like the 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 ways that you're rewarded for these things, the the timeline seems to be getting tighter almost, mm-hmm. right? And like the loops, the gameplay loops feel shorter sometimes a lot of the times. 
Um, yeah, sorry, let me say that again. The gameplay loop feels shorter and the payoff also comes quick, like much more quickly. Um, I think this also goes back to your point earlier about gotcha games and like the monetization level to this, right? Like as those models become more popular um, and as they become parts of games that don't normally have those have those like business models, yeah. then I'm like really curious how that influences the design, right? Like yeah. I can think of a few games where the rhythm was impacted badly as a result of the desire to make more money, right? Like I think this was one mm-hmm. of the criticisms for like the Diablo mobile game, right? Yeah. Um, eventually it just became so grindy and the only way to overcome it was spending more than six figures in dollars until I get some of these things. Yeah. Um, and, and, and like where, yeah, that's just where like the monetization part of it starts influencing the rhythm in like really negative ways for most people. Yeah. I mean, and it finally clicked, especially for gotcha games. They make the loop really tight to start mm-hmm. with, right? You, you're yeah. getting diamonds, you're getting gold, you're getting, you know, the 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 cookie pulls. I've been playing a lot of cookie run. Um, <laughs> and then they make the loop, you know, longer and longer and longer. Mm-hmm. And the only way to make a short again is just pumping money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you get addicted to that dopamine rush constantly yeah. hitting you. I am personally really curious to see how, as technology changes, like I, like for example, the VR, mm-hmm. right? Like VR is not a real, uh, like mainstream part of gaming right now, but mm-hmm. ideally it will be one day, right? Like the technology will <laughs> get think, cheaper. I think everyone's giving up at this point. <laughs> no, we'll get there. We'll get okay. there. I'm really curious to see how the rhythm of games will change, not just as a result of like the business models and mm-hmm. the ways that like players themselves approach those reward cycles, but also just the way that like technology evolves right like the rhythm in a vr game is going to have to be fundamentally different than the rhythm in like a non-vr game Mm -hmm. Um, and i haven't played them enough i don't have a vr headset but like i hope one day that they will be a more mainstream part of gaming and as Mm -hmm. more gaming developers get involved with that um the way that like intensity and rhythm fits with those games is fundamentally different because Mm -hmm. you are literally going to get more tired (laughs) <laughs> if you're physically engaging <laughs> with certain things, right? Like, for yeah. example, the recent Resident Evil game that launched with the VR mode, um, or it didn't launch the VR mode. I think they're up. Uh, they're they're creating a VR mode for Resident Evil Four remake. Yeah. Um, and like, there's a lot of physical act. Like, what's it called? Literally refilling your gun. Refilling mm-hmm. isn't the right word. That's Reloading. Literally reloading your gun is a physical act. So you literally have to reach for the ammo pack and un like take out the existing one, put in the new one, et cetera. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see how a lot of these things change over the coming years. Maybe there'll be other ways that mechanics can, can, can influence the rhythm. Um, it'll be cool. I don't know, but maybe I'm just too optimistic. Yeah. I think I'm too pessimistic on the other side. Cause I feel like, you know, we talked a lot about profits and the, the marketing team, well, not the marketing team, the business unit, let's say. Yeah. Um, and I feel like similar to social media, they kind of figured out how to maximize profits. Mm-hmm. And it's going to push at least the AAA big games, not the indie studios, in a direction where it becomes almost predatory. Like utilize, you know, we just talked a lot about this, but um, it, basically pushing it towards a rhythm combination that maximizes profit rather than enjoyment. Yeah, I think the um, I think the thing though is I feel like we're reaching saturation to some degree as to like how successful that is. And when I say saturation, I mean number of games that utilize that 
that mm-hmm. players have an appetite for it. Because like a, a great example of this is like the Suicide Squad reveal. Everybody was really excited about that game. And then the preview came out and it came out that it's going to be live games as a service type game, which is basically like a looter shooter. And the feedback for it was horrible. Like people in general were like, yeah, this is, I'm not engaging with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, another example is like the Avengers game, right? Like they tried to make that a games as a service live game and it failed horribly, really, really miserably to the point where an IP as popular as the Avengers uh, wasn't successful because the gameplay loop sucked. And yeah. people were just tapped out of that model, right? Like they, there is an awareness now between both the gaming community and even the non-gaming community of the of the ways that this rhythm is being used in predatory ways. Um, and I think that will influence how people like think about this, right? Like Sony, I feel like hasn't dipped their toe into this very much, and they're a pretty big player. They're a pretty big publisher, make some really big games. Uh, and like, there's a reason why, right? Like, people still want to play good single player games. Yeah, Nintendo hasn't either, right? Like, could you imagine if there was a battle pass in <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom? <laughs> I mean, uh, Breath of the Breath of the Wild had uh, DLC, which was like wild, right? Really? What like was it I, the DLC? Um, they had they added bikes. Yes. But I think, uh, what's it called? It like fit with the tone of the game, though, right? Like it wasn't <laughs> yeah, excess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still had horses in, in Breath yes, of the Wild. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, I don't think we have like a, a thesis in this episode since Raza and I both seem to have different thoughts on where the rhythm will go. But hopefully this has helped you understand, you know, how we think about the different foundations of a video game, the different interactions that a player can make and how different games actually put these together to maybe create contrasting elements or consistent elements in their games. And these are very unique, right? There's no blueprint on how to utilize rhythm to create a good game, which I think, you know, adds to the art of video game, right? You know, everyone's Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out. Um, so yeah, I think that wraps it up for this episode of the Super Jump Podcast. As we mentioned at the beginning, this wraps up the season of the Super Jump Podcast. You can find all episodes of the Super Jump Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher, and all your favorite podcast directories. You can also find all Super Jump content where we honor the art and science behind the video games we love at superjumpmagazine.com. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you want to reach out to us for feedback or ideas, you can always do so at podcasts at superchumpmagazine.com. As always, I've been your host, Tristan, Joan Bayraza. Bye, everyone. <laughs>